right, guys, let's go ahead and jump into this. This is Chris Brooks. It's about that time, 247 Sports, the Rebels 247 podcast. Part of Inside the Rebels and, as I said, the 247 Sports Network. Good to be with you guys here on a Monday morning. A lot to get to. Big game over the weekend, of course. You got to start knocking that out. And uh, and we will do that. Uh, man, that was fun. Saturday was a lot of fun. A lot of fun here at my house, my kids. It's one of those rare times this weekend I decided to, to stay here. So no college photos, none of that. But my oldest uh, son was home from Jones. Going to be gone the next several weekends. Uh, but he was home. Caleb Camo was at the house. Jennifer's here. So we got to have the weekend and Saturday here at the house. And, you know, and then you get into the on-site versus watching at the house debate. One thing it did allow me to do, I mean, it's a great day. Got up, cooked some good food, watched a good game. And then when it was over, set a tea time with uh, with a couple of my, my boys and went out and played some golf. You know, I always joke with Jennifer when we had the kids, we we wanted boys. Wanted a foursome. And, uh, and thank the Lord, it's been really good to me that uh, I did. I had those three boys and... And that's my foursome. So it was a good weekend here at at the Brooks house. Um, But we need to get into the football game, need to get into the season and what's going on and what's out in front of them and and all of those things, what the game Saturday meant. Lane Kiffin, his tenure thus far at Ole Miss, we need to break down some of the players and uh, their tenures to date and careers and where they're headed and all that kind of stuff. I just watched the SEC shorts for today, which I thought was appropriate. I'll get into that in a minute. But first, we do need to knock out a little bit of recruiting. Not going to be with just a couple of minutes. And, you know, I'll be honest with you guys. Recruiting and covering it, it's, it's, it's so – trying to think of the right word. It's just it's, it's kind of it's just kind of funny how you do it. Because, you know, you're always trying to measure what you say or what you don't say. You want to, you know, give you guys stories about what's going on in recruiting, but then you don't want to ruin it. You know what I mean? You can go too far, and you've seen that happen before. You say something you shouldn't say, and then you're a detriment. Not, you know, you have to be careful with it. And and I have found myself, you know, that gets a little frustrating at some point because it'd be great to just get on a microphone and just throw out everything that you hear and what's going on and. And and that would be great because it is, it is a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. But you got to be careful with what you put out there. But having said that, um, I'll do my best here. A couple of updates, at least some of the, the big ones for the weekend. Look, the big one was uh, Dante Dowdell was in town, came up with his Picayune friends. And, you know, I had talked to his stepdad and uh, know some people around around there, know him for that matter. And some people around there and then some people in the program. So you're you're kind of catching both ends of it. I've mentioned this before. If you only talk to the old miss end of it and sources there and what's happening, that's dangerous. If you only talk to the players and their families and their coaches, and that's the only side of it, you get that's dangerous also. You know, you have to kind of get a, a full picture of it. But I'd mentioned last week that he came up primarily just to enjoy the weekend with his friends. And, you know, Ole Miss and the coaches there and Derek Nix and Kelvin Bolton. I mean, they've done a fantastic job recruiting that kid. So, anyway, 
all I would say on the weekend is just the weekend, the weekend went very well with Dante. And I think we probably just will leave that one there. It was a, it was a good weekend. And you couldn't ask for anything more from the game. And, and, you know, I've mentioned this before. I've seen it happen. That's a kid committed to Oregon, planning to leave the state. And what you're hoping for is something changes. You're hoping that they, you're hoping that you have some, some other recruits around him that help bring him in. Well, that's checked. You hope that you're doing something on the field that's enticing. Well, that's a check. You're hoping that you pull on the personal heartstrings a little bit, you know, get him on campus, have a big game, have his family around and all of those things, something that's tangible so he can kind of see himself doing it and, and um, you know, and doing it here in Mississippi, you know, you check that one. And then they are having a great season. Um, he has really good relationships with the Ole Miss coaches, and, and I do think they're doing a great job with him. Like I said, I, I thought the – I know the weekend went very well, and I've checked on both ends of that. The weekend went very well. We'll just leave that one, that one. Leave it there and see what happens. Um, I know Jaden Rashada was in town, and uh, again, same thing. I'm not going to say too much on it. You know, I've, I haven't really on either kid put anything on the board about it because I wasn't sure how to word it. But I would just uh, – I know his brother is there, so there's definitely reasons to be in Oxford. Don't think that was the only reason to be in Oxford. But uh, but that was good to have him there. Same thing, kind of leave that one there. It was a really good weekend for recruiting. You know, winning has a way of doing that. It's not the only thing that's important. You have all of these different boxes that you have to check. You have to be winning, but you have to have done a good job recruiting somebody. You have to have relationships there. There's just so many things that go into it. And nowadays, you have to be very competitive with what NIL is doing. And you saw that news officially break on Friday. What Ole Miss is doing in the NIL game right now is is very competitive with with other people out there. There there are a few teams right at the top of that that just you know that is what it is. It's hard you can't match it. Just can't can't match that. But Ole Miss is doing a very good job with that, and the people that run it. And I'm excited for them. They're being competitive and giving themselves a chance with guys like this, big recruits. But it was a good weekend in general for recruiting. Now, back to the game. This is why the SEC shorts thing was funny to me. You know, I don't want to uh, go the wrong direction here because I've seen a few of you already mention, hey, uh, you know, we won that game. Nobody gave it to us. So I know some of you, you're looking for anything out there that's disrespectful of, we won that game. But these SEC shorts thing, it's comedy. It's supposed to be funny. I wouldn't take it too serious. If you're mentioned on there anyway positive, that's a good thing. So if you haven't seen the SEC shorts this week, I'm not going to just fully blow it for you. Go out and see it. I say go out and see it. Just pull it up on your phone. Watch the thing. It's funny. And uh, they go down the road of divine intervention, right? But what's funny about that, right before that final fumble, when Jared Ivey comes off the edge, Levis fumbles it. You get technically, I guess you get the strip sack, recover it, ball game. Right before that play, I'm literally texting a couple of, of close friends. Uh, you're going to need a miracle. <laughs> I mean, for real. Uh, I can't say I can. I can't say I called that. Dang it. Like I would have had to have said, 
a miracle is going to happen. I didn't. You're going to need a miracle. And that's why I think that shorts is so appropriate. Because you forget that on a Saturday, how many prayers are sent up during a ball game? And you want to act like you're not doing that during a game? I know you're doing it. I know you're doing it. Now, there's more important things in life to be praying about. I'm doing one today. Something uh, near and dear to me. A lot of prayer about it. ton of prayer about it. Uh, but I know, I know those are being sent up for the football game. I know it is. And maybe it happened on the end of it, on the, the fumble. But, yeah, I fire off a text. Hey, they're going to need a miracle here. And um, say miracle. That's a great play by Ivy. Beats his man. Uh, the play before that where the touchdowns call back. Look, that's a mistake. The one thing I don't like about the way the game's being characterized, where I am kind of sympathetic with a lot of the fans, yeah, at the end, Ole Miss caught some breaks. And they made some breaks. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, they made those fumbles happen. Like, those were great plays defensively. So do you need some breaks to win in this league? Of course you do. You need some. What I don't like about how that game is being characterized, Ole Miss was not lucky to win the game. That game was one of those they should have not, if they couldn't end it in the first half, they left a lot of points out there. Like the first half score was best possible case for Kentucky based off how both of those teams played. And that was, if you want to frame the game, that was one of those games where you let a team hang around long enough and they can beat you. That wasn't a case of, Kentucky was the better team and Ole Miss caught a break to win it. Ole Miss was the better team the whole day. I mean, they were the better team the whole day. They just couldn't capitalize. Couldn't make a play in the red zone. Couldn't get it in the end zone. Go for it on fourth down. Come away with no points. Throw an interception down there. Like Ole Miss just could not capitalize down there. But they let Kentucky hang around. Now, I don't think Kentucky's a top 10 team doesn't really matter because they were ranked top 10. So it's a top 10 win at the time, and that's always a feather in your cap. But though I don't think they're a top 10 team, that's a good football team. I do think Ole Miss is a top 10 team. And look, let me give a caveat to that. I'm talking to a buddy of mine this weekend. You start looking around the country and it kind of hits you. Being the number 10 team in the country, there aren't a lot of great teams. You know, the great teams at the top is your Georgia, who struggled Saturday against Missouri, your Alabama's, Ohio State. That's it. After that, you have a lot of very competitive teams. Because he was trying to tell me something along the lines of, I'm just not sure if I'm buying a top 10 team yet. Look, after top three, four, five, teams have flaws. You know, they're, they're not perfect. So, yeah, I absolutely put Ole Miss in that discussion. Right after those those top teams, then there's a very large tier of teams this year. Yes, I, I would absolutely, where they, where they are right now, number nine, yeah, I could buy that. And we'll see what the rest of the year holds for them. But it's setting up to be great. But Ole Miss let Kentucky hang around, and, and uh, Kentucky almost took advantage of it. But a couple of big plays at the end seal it for Ole Miss. A couple of things here real quick. Quinchon Judkins lead the country in rushing and rushing touchdowns for a freshman. Look, that kid's on pace for 1,200 yards. That's a special talent. For a true freshman to come in and do what he's doing. Look, he has size. He has speed. He has vision. 
He has a maturity about him, not shocking. If you got to know that kid at all on the recruiting trail, which I did a little, and then got to see him and meet him a little bit down at the Mississippi-Alabama game last year down in Hattiesburg, um, that's a mature kid who knows what he wants, knows what he's doing, and handles his business. And if you knew him a little bit off the field like that, then, yeah, this isn't just shocking. But freshmen usually don't do this in the SEC. They don't do this. Uh, but fortunate that it, that he is doing it, and uh, hats off to him. Very happy for him. That's the first kid you want to give a little pat on the back. Jackson Dart. He's further along than I thought he'd be. His numbers are not great. I mean, they're okay. He's on pace for a probably 15 touchdowns, 22, 2,300 yards passing, maybe five or 600 rushing. I thought whoever they put under center, you would get numbers because of the system, the talent, and Lane Kiffin, what he does. But Jackson Dart's already making strides in areas where where he needed it. Look, and I'm telling you guys this, and I only say it as a feather in the cap for Jackson Dart. I know people have a hard time believing this. There was a strong feeling that Luke Altmaier was going to be their quarterback. And Jackson Dart came in, and he needed a lot of work. Um, big time talent. And I know the fans kind of jump on the recruiting train and we hype kids up sometimes to be something that they're not, you know, he was coming in as Matt Corral day one. There was a very strong feeling that, uh, that I think Altmaier was going to win that. I don't think I know this and just dart once it got closer and closer to game time and that opening week, he got better and better and he ends up winning the job and look, he has progressed and he's playing quarterback at a high level. I thought he did Saturday, had the one bad play, but give that dude some time. Uh, I'm starting to see, I'm starting to see now what a lot of that hype was. I mean, he has talent, but areas where he was struggling, he's getting better. And uh, the defense won Saturday, Dart could do that late in the season and win some games and he be the reason. But, yeah, he's playing at a high level. I thought he played well Saturday. A couple of other ones real quick. Davis and Igbenosin, eight tackles. True freshman, again, they don't do that in this league. Tailback's difficult. Corner might be more difficult. So hats off to him. Troy Brown's playing great. Um, making tackles sideline to sideline. The defensive line being better is huge for him, considering he's an undersized kind of guy. But great tackler more physical than his size, that guy is playing lights out. Who left here? Uh, a couple of others. I think that's the ones I really wanted to, to jump out. And then Ivy, of course. Ivy's kind of doing what you thought he'd do. Like the kids just, he's just steady. Just He's playing steady football and makes a game-saving play at the end of that against Kentucky. That's a massive win. And not because Kentucky is this great team. Really has nothing to do with that. But that's a solid team. And you beat a Mark Stoops team, he makes you earn it. He does. Kentucky didn't make a ton of errors. Now, they did the fourth quarter. Penalties, a couple of turnovers. And I know Ole Miss fans aren't used to this, but you can earn a win with big defensive plays. It does not mean the other team gave it away. Both of those plays, the first fumble, Levis got nailed. 
And then on the strip sack at the end, that's a great play by Jared Ivey. Yes, those plays count. And it's good to see the defense winning some games. I think the offense is going to win some games late in the year. But that's a big one. That's a big one. Vandy coming up, Auburn, LSU, and look, this thing's laying out. We'll just leave it at that. Won't mention the games afterward. But it's it's sitting there for them to have a great year. Hey, I always appreciate you guys. This is Chris Brooks with the Rebels 247 Podcast, part of the 247 Sports Network. Y'all have a great day, and we'll talk to you later.